man. Before I read this scripture, I want you to know that sometimes when you tell people the truth, it will not be received. Keep telling the truth in the spirit of love. Because one day it will be, and with that individual, who knows, down the road, they may meditate on what you've said and turn to God. It happened to me. I believe it was, can't even remember the day I had my tooth worked on getting ready for a crown because I broke a tooth recently. And I called to check on someone, and we got to talking about something, and and he told me some things, and so I just shared with him truth, and my heart is grieved because he's not here today, but I'll be praying for him. The truth won't change for you and I. It remains truth. Amen. I love truth. I love truth. Acts chapter 19, verse number 2 says this, and he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Wow, what a strange encounter with believers. You may be seated. Before I give you the theme of what I'm going to preach about today and I believe the Lord will help me and anoint me, and I am definitely going to preach. I'd like to go back to verse number 1 in Acts number 19 and read to you the whole passage there. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corneth, keep Apollos in mind, please. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples or believers, followers. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, when they heard this, they didn't hesitate. They didn't argue. They didn't give their opinion. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Now, let's read another scripture concerning Apollos. Because it said there, while Paulus, Apollos was at Corneth, I believe, Paul came to Ephesus. Acts 18, 24 and 26 says this. And a certain Jew named Apollos. A Jew by the name of Apollo. Born at Alexandria. An eloquent man. And mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. Come on. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in the spirit, 
He spake and taught. In other words, he knew the word of God. No. He was taught the word of God. He was fervent, not in the Holy Ghost, but in his own spirit. He was faithful. He was dedicated. He was committed to the things that he knew. But we went on to read here. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. Knowing only the baptism of John. He had only repented. That's all he had done is repent. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Yet he spake boldly. Whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard. Two tent makers. They took who him. often journeyed with the apostle Paul. They weren't preachers. They weren't deacon or deaconesses. They weren't a prophet or a prophetess. They were just basically saints in the church of the living God. And when they heard this man who spoke. So eloquent, they mighty in the scripture, Amen. knowing only repentance. Amen. They said, not openly, they took him unto them. and Come it was- here, Apollos. Come here. We want to share something with you. And expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. They begin to tell this man the truth. And we say later on, this man received the truth. I want to try this morning for a little while. i got lots of scriptures. I don't know how it's going to sit with you or those that are watching. I do care about you, but I'm not going to back up from what I know God has placed on my heart. I want to talk about the real deal. The real deal, not just repentance, not just having a form of godliness, not just that you deny the power, we have no power. What's happened to you and I that once understood the real deal and walked with the real deal and the real deal had an effect on our life? Where is the real deal in our life now? Let me give you some biblical examples when the real deal shows up. Not religion. In every example that I'm giving you, these people were not baptized in Jesus' name, nor were they filled with the Holy Ghost, but God came into their presence. The Holy Ghost came into their presence. The Spirit of God came in their presence, and the real deal made a difference in their life. And I'm sensing some power right now. Mark 5 and 15 says, and they come to Jesus. And see him that was possessed with the devil. This man with a legion. This man in the tomb of the Gadareans that was naked, unclothed, that cut himself, that was bound in chains. He lived among the headstones. Sitting and clothed and in his right mind. 
In other words, when they saw this man that they had heard in the midnight hour hollering out in torment, now all of a sudden this man who was unclothed, naked, not dressed right, was sitting without the Holy Ghost, clothed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And all of a sudden they were afraid because of the transformation that took place because he was in the presence of the real deal. And then they began to say, oh, let's pray this Jesus out of our coast. Because they didn't really want the real deal. Because the real deal begins to change your life. It begins to transform your mind. If you're in the presence of the real deal, honey, you can't stay the same way you are. It's impossible for you to be in the presence of God and the presence of God to be in you to remain what you are. You're going to be transformed. And if you're not transformed... You didn't stay in the presence of God long enough. This man who was bound with a legion of devils. When these devils saw Jesus, they ran to Jesus and bowed and worshipped him. This man never one time asked to be delivered. You didn't hear me. You see, this man got in the presence of the real deal. He didn't have to beg to be delivered. He didn't ask to be delivered. The devils begin to say, are you here to torment us before the time? They understood what was coming. They understood the real deal. Don't cast us out into the empty air. There's a bunch of swine, a bunch of pigs dwelling over there. Let us go into them. He said, okay, go. Even a pig has enough knowledge not to live under the influence of a demonic spirit. So they ran down into the sea and drowned themselves. What's happened to you and I that once used to taste of the power of the Holy Ghost? What is going on with the church of the living God? Luke 19, 8 through 10 talks about a wee little man we sing in Sunday school about by the name of Zacchaeus. We know that he heard that Jesus was coming by. Y'all didn't hear that Jesus would be here today. What tree have you climbed up in? So he climbed up. Somebody turn that off and on for me. So he climbed up in a sycamore tree because he was a short man. Thank God that God loves short people. Hallelujah. I want to see him when he comes by. And the Lord is walking. You know there was a crowd. And all of a sudden he stopped. And he said, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus never asked for the Lord to come. Never asked. 
for the Lord to do anything in his life. He just wanted to see. He just wanted to stay on the chair. He just wanted to come and see what God would do to somebody else. And the Lord stopped and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, get yourself down, for I'm going to your house today. The real deal. When Jesus showed up in his house, he said this. Everything I got, I'm going to give half of it to the poor. He didn't say, Lord, I'm glad you're here, but I'm still going to keep everything. God begins to deal with you when you're in the real deal. Then he said, Lord never rebuked him, never brought it up, never even said, hey, Zacchaeus, you might have took something unjustly from someone. Never did. Never did. This the presence of God brought conviction. There wasn't no preaching going on, just the presence of God. I got to get some more juice out there. My speaker here won't stay up. There we go. Amen. All of a sudden, this man said, Lord, if I've taken anything, if I've done anything unjustly, I'm going to give it back to them fourfold. You see what happens to somebody when they get into the real presence of the real deal? You can't stay the same. Now, here's the question. Do you really want in? Or you want to stand just on the edge? Oh, I got enough touch. I feel good. I, I think I can go another day at work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting in. I'm talking about letting the real deal do a work in your life. I'm talking about, listen, when the real deal gets in your life, you don't need a preacher to tell you how to dress, to tell you how to live, to tell you to shave, to tell you to get a haircut, or women to let your hair grow long. When the real deal gets in you, God's going to deal with you. When the real deal gets in you, you're not going to be able to hold back your tithe because you're going to feel so condemned and guilty because I'm telling you right now, the Bible says you bring your tithes. You bring your tithes as God has prospered you. You lay aside and you bring your tithes. Something's happened between the church and their relationship with the real deal. When the real deal was walking by, you better listen. Not one of them stayed home and said, I'll just get word from my neighbor how it was. What kind of service they had. What did preacher preach about? Oh, you mean he healed that blind man? Oh, I wish I was there. Can you tell me about it again? Not the same. When they heard he was coming, they went out. Nothing else mattered. It didn't matter what they got planned for lunch. It didn't matter what kind of job they had. It didn't matter how tired they were. In fact, if they were sick in body, the woman with the issue of blood said, I got to make my way to Jesus. She never asked, Lord, heal me. She never said, Lord, I'm here. All she did was get into the presence and touch the real deal. Anybody getting what I'm preaching? And then... 
we find the pretenders. Jews. Vagabond means they were exodus going from here to there. Trying to get money from people. To try to help them with whatever they were dealing with. They were Jews. They were God's people. Uh Uh-oh. I'm talking to God's people. Pretenders. You say, well, that's not me. Then don't worry about it. Why do I have to qualify it? You know where you're at with Jesus. You know whether you're pretending or not. You know what's in your bank account. You know what's in your glove box. You know what's in your closet. You know what you've been doing. You know whether you went outside to smoke a cigarette or not. You Whether you know you got drugs held in the car and a little alcohol on the side. You know where you're at. I don't have to tell you. I'm tired of pretending. I want the real deal. So do you. And it's time we do something about it. It's time we get into the presence of God. We don't have to beg him. We don't have to ask him. All we've got to do is get sincerely in the presence of God. And God will begin to move. I know you don't like the word pretenders. But what else is there? You go through the motions. Seven sons of Seba heard Paul preaching. It just tickled their ear. What's this new magic I hear of? I'm going to try this this time. He goes into this guy that had a devil and he said, listen, I adjure you. In the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, come out. And that devil, I like what he said. Jesus, I know. He's not a pretender. He's a real deal. And Paul, I know, because he's got the real deal. He didn't have the real deal. He had papers thinking it was from the real deal until God said, "Uh uh-uh, and he put him on his face, and he heard the voice, but he didn't stumble around. He said, who art thou, Lord? And Jesus told him, I'm Jesus. And from that point on, did he quit believing because he was blind for a few days? Come on, you scholars. Where did the Apostle Paul, when he was blind for scales, ever, maybe you know, I don't, get in a corner and say, God, give me my sight. (laughs) Did he? (laughs) He was content, waiting on God. God knew it. The real deal spoke to Ananias. Ananias, I got a man who I've called. But Lord, I'm scared of that man. You better get yourself down there and lay hands on him. Ananias came and called him what? Brother Saul. Scales fell from his eye. He was baptized the same 
I'm not saying quit asking for things, but what I'm saying is if you'll get from a pretending state into a real deal state, God can do things for you. He already knows what we've got need of before we ask it. I know he said ask, but are we asking with the power of the real deal? Or are we asking from a human heart and understanding? Time does not allow me today. Oh, oh, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have mattered. But time does not allow me today to tell you how the disciples left all. How Lazarus was raised from the dead. And the ten lepers were cleansed. But one of them came back, got into the presence of the real deal. He wasn't satisfied with a little cleansing. He wanted to be whole in mind, body, and soul. So he came back. Do you understand? He was a Samaritan. He was not even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. But he said, this cleansing is not enough. I've got to be delivered. But I preached this message 10 years ago with some of you. You'd be running the aisles. I'll be glad to take you back with pictures. But now you're just sitting there squirming. Some of you may be saying, who does this pastor think he is? I'm nobody. But God put this in my life because I've seen not only this church but other churches. We're just going through the motion. We're just going through the motion. Okay, let's sing our few songs. Uh, Let's hear a good message and let's get out of here. Let's run out to the car as soon as the service is over. Let's get on and do whatever we got to do. There's no lingering. There's no seeking. There's no really uh, seeking and hungering after God for a move of God. And there's people in your life that are dying and going to hell. Right now, they're not where they need to be with God. But you uh, don't have a hunger. You no longer have a thirst. You just say, oh, well, they know. Yeah, they know. But God is depending on you and I. To seek him. You see the real deal. I've been in this too long. I've seen it already. I've seen it already. I've experienced it already. I've seen the dead, not physically, spiritually, come to life. Just getting into the presence of God. And you tell them anything at that moment. You need to be baptized. Let's do it. You need the Holy Ghost. Okay, I'm ready. Have we been so long from this? Have we forgotten where people, my brother will tell you a testimony. Nobody told him to take his cigarettes out and put them on the altar. It was a real deal that told him. You better hear me right now. You know, you know, without me even saying it, it's time to say, God, whatever I've got that's not pleasing to you. If I can't get rid of it. 
then make it make me sick. I've had people under the real deal, not even, not even preaching about this, and I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it. It wasn't even my message. And I begin to say this. You know why they call it a go-keep? Anybody was there? Anybody was there? Anybody was there? I said because it's a goat. I had so many people say to me, that man's not coming back. But the real deal got to dealing with him. And he went home and he shaved it without question and was back that night. The real deal will cause a man to say, I'm looking like a dog. I got to get a haircut. I don't understand. If you want the Holy Ghost, how you can come in here with hair that's too long. And facial hair that makes you look just like the world. The Bible tells me if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. My brother didn't have no one to tell him. That he shouldn't be wearing short pants. But I guarantee you as he was coming out of the bay with his cast net. The real deal. The Holy Ghost stopped him. When he was about to show his knees. And he told his brother who loves him. He just got the Holy Ghost. No you didn't hear me. No you He just got it. He wasn't even. He, he hadn't even been in a Bible study yet. He just got the Holy Ghost. He'd already taken his cigarettes out the night he got them and never smoked again. He had a big old beard. No preacher said, don't you come back tonight unless you shave. His brother didn't say anything to it. I was just glad he got the Holy Ghost. He went home. I mean, it was a big old thing. Y'all know my brother? Can you see him with a big old beard? More hair on his chin than on his head. He went home. He shaved it off. The real deal begins to deal with people about how to present their bodies inside and out. A living sacrifice. You don't have to tell a new convert. If they're in the real deal, honey, they're going to begin to change. I wonder why we tell them sometimes, not all the times, but I wonder, gosh, help me, but I'm I'm already in it. I'm already there. Especially when we're dealing with women and other women begin to tell them, you know, I wonder is there something wrong with a woman that's telling them how to dress, something wrong with their heart? Why can't they just trust the real deal? Nobody told him about his shorts. The Holy Ghost told him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where where have we gone that we can't get so close to God 
that he deal with us about not only our heart, but our appearance. I'm not of the world anymore. Do I have moments that I act like the world? You betcha. So do you. Don't you give me that. But the real deal gets a hold of me. And I'm quick to call somebody. I'm sorry. What you talking about? It don't matter. I had to say it. I had to get it right. Because I don't want to to go back being a a man with a legion of devil. I don't want to go back with an issue of blood. I don't want to go back without the power. I don't want to go back to the beggarly elements of the world. Pastor, this is Sunday morning. The Bible says it's the Lord's day. The Apostle Paul was in the Spirit in the... No, I didn't hear you. No, I didn't. He was caught up in the third heaven on the... He was caught up and heard things that were... Unlawful for any human being to hear on the... Lord's Day. No, you're you not believing it. The Lord's Day. You know what? That was the first day of the week. The Lord's Day. When's the last time you've been caught up in the Spirit? When's the last time you've seen that? When? I'm ready for the real deal. I don't know how much time I got left on the earth. But I'm telling you, you want revival. It is time to pray. It's time to fast. It's time to search your heart. God, where do you want me to clean up? I'm not through yet. Not by a long shot. Going back to the seven sons of Seba. I don't read anywhere where that man was delivered. But when the city heard what that devil did, it brought fear. And you know what those people did? Nope. The Apostle Paul didn't say, now you, you, you bring all that soothsaying stuff out, that foretelling, all that stuff out and burn it. No, 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 no. They brought it all. They brought all the things of the works of the darkness without ever hearing a sermon. And they brought it out and they burned every bit of it. When's the next time that you're going to get in your house and begin to bring the works of darkness out. And begin to throw it away or burn it or stop on it. Go ahead and carry that devil with you. See what it will do with you. Go ahead, keep fornicating. See what will happen. Well, that's Bible too. Go ahead, keep on committing adultery. See what will happen to you. Keep on looking at pornography. See what will happen to you and your family. Keep on gambling. See what the devil will take from you. Keep on drinking. Keep on shooting up. Keep on denying the power of God. Keep just sitting in your chair and see how long you're going to be here. Let me just say it. Let me just say it so some of you that are new, others know this. 
Your tithe, the amount of your tithe is not going to change the way I preach. I want you here. I would love for you to get involved and get fire on God. But I'm going to tell you right now, no matter what you do, no matter what you give, no matter who you are, I'm going to preach the word of God with everything that's within me. Let me ask somebody, have I ever changed? And I'm not going to change. You just make up your mind. Do you want the truth or you don't want the truth? I'm not a pretender. I may be a sinner, but I'm not a pretender. I don't believe somebody can be saved. Not given their tithe. I don't believe somebody can be saved. Making church every now and then when they can make it every then. I don't believe a person can be saved in disobedience to their pastor. I don't believe a person can be saved with your gossip and your busybody. I don't believe you can be saved. But I do believe in repentance, just because I don't have a wooden altar up here don't mean I don't have an altar up here. This whole thing is an altar. Living for God's going to cost you something. We all need to look in our hearts and see where I may not line up with the word. I'm going to say this. I'm not saying I'm through. But I just, I've been fighting not to say it and it can't go, it just doesn't go away. That precious woman over there, her and I are one body. What you say about me, you say about her. What you say about her, you say about me. I'll go another step further. You see that precious daughter of mine? What you say about me, you say to her. What you say about her, you say to me. It's time the church of the living God keep their mouth shut. If you got a problem, pray through. If I got a problem, pray through. It's time that we keep... We're not perfect, but you ought to thank God we're still here. I'm not going to make every decision you want me to make, but I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to do what God tells me to do based on this local assembly and the consistency that I've done in the past. You know what the real deal will do? It'll cause believers to walk in here and be converted. And if they're truly converted, when they ask me what they got to do to sing, and I tell them, take off your jewelry, they won't have no problem. But if they have a problem, they haven't been truly converted. Several Sundays ago, I told you I came back with a heart like this, if you recall. 
I know some of you have forgotten it, but I'm preaching because I want you saved. Men that are converted, they want to get up there and play the guitar. They ask me what they got to do, and I say, you need to shave. If they're truly converted, they'll shave. What is conversion? Do you even know? It's being transformed from an old person to a new person. Why would I still want to look like the old? That's like buying a car, some of you car buffs, and you want to refurbish it, and you just tell people it's refurbished. You see my car, I refurbished it. It took me six months. I spent $10,000 just on that bumper. And you're looking at that bumper, and it's rusty, and it's... We're not talking about here with the, that king with that new suit of clothes that the tailor said, you look so good, and he walked around without any clothes on, thinking he had... Conversion means a change. Not just one change, but a continual change. I don't know what you're receiving right now, but you're looking at me like... You've been whipped. I hadn't whipped you. I preached the word. You ought to be shouting, running, jumping. I preached it right from the book. The apostle Paul preached this way. The apostle Peter preached this way. What's the deal? The deal is the real deal is not operating. Pastor, you could have brought it a little different. Maybe so. But you look how the Apostle Paul brought it. <laughs> he didn't sugarcoat it. He wasn't elegant. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I better, I better quit before, before I say some things that somebody may be in the gall of bitterness. I think one apostle said to somebody. Romans 12 and 1 and 2, if my daughter would come, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Acceptable unto God. No, no, no. Let's just stop here. A living sacrifice. Let's don't read it so fast. I mean, I'm dead already. Brother Phillips was talking about not fearing death. I'm dead already. you're spiritual you understand what I'm saying I'm dead to self already that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service I have no other service than that church I wasn't born again just yesterday I've been in this a long time. Saint, evangelist, preacher, pastor. I know what I'm talking about. 
We have great moves of God in the services and this music. Thank you, Jesus. But when it comes to the preaching of the gospel, it's completely different. You can blame me all you want to, but don't blame the word. The word came forth today, so what are you going to do with it? Joshua said it this way. Far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Daughter, sing. By the way, a newsflash for you. I'm not the only preacher that preaches this way. Some are very close to you. They preach it harder than I do. You would call hard. <laughs> 